Hello and welcome to episode 972 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Monday, August 23rd, and I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined this afternoon by Justin Mason. Justin, good day, sir. How you doing? I am well. Got a little day baseball on, a little makeup game between Texas and Boston. A little Matt so Barnes always... blowing a save. Well, that's not good for you no. uh, or the folks who have them. Uh, but I'm not one of those folks, so it doesn't bother me that much because it's a little bit more baseball because they're in extras now. Uh, not that I was rooting against your guy. But, yeah, it's nice to have a little day baseball on on a Monday when you're getting things together. I'm working on an article, putting together our rundown today. So uh, how about you? How was your weekend? Uh, it was good. Just, you know, getting stuff done around the house and uh, my kid's birthday's coming up. So that's going to be fun uh um, you're footballing left and right oh yeah yeah doing football drafts all over the place so uh yeah I've, i think i've got a i think i've got the bar football draft uh, on wednesday and then my my home league that's been going on for 20 years labor day weekend i think so that's what yeah it's. mine kick into gear early september and then i think it's three and four days and those are the three that i do um they're all local well They've spread out a bit, but they all started local. Um, I'll, I'll probably, I don't know, I might dabble into a little something else with the NFFC, but uh, we're not here to talk football. And I, I know that for dual sport fans, this is a great time of year when baseball still in high gear, especially if you're contending in your leagues and then football ramping up. But those of you who don't like football, you're probably upset that football creeps in and starts trying to take over some of baseball's time. And even as somebody who, you know, I, I admit I like football. But uh, I agree that football creep is is annoying. Wait your turn, football. You 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 get to dominate <laughs> when it's your turn. Just wait, wait your turn because it your feels boy like has- it didn't creep in like full bore this year though. I don't know if it's because maybe like I, last year we were like doing football and baseball drafts at the same time. That was weird. I also think it might be from your standpoint because you you're not covering football this yeah, year. Yeah, that's too. true. Because yeah. I felt the creep was was similar, although I was able to really put the blinders on because, you know, I've got some some high profile leagues that are very much in contention. So, you know, I'm, I'm just zeroed in on those so much that I can block out the noise a bit. I got some of my lists working. I was in the fishbowl for the first time this year, which is cool. So I've already got a little idea of what's going on with the player pool, but I'm still baseball, baseball, baseball right now. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe the creep did tamp down a little bit. Uh but I, I would think that at least a little bit would have to be that uh, you're not covering it this year. So that's a little bit different for you. And uh, all you've done with that time is pour it into drafts. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm pretty much just covering more baseball is what I'm doing. <laughs> like, you know, I'm already like prepping my ranks for, for 2022. And uh, so that way, uh, I think I, I think I mentioned this on the last episode with, with Jason and, and Matt Williams, like, I think I'm going to have my ranks done Labor Day weekend for, for 2022. So I'm ready. Nice. Very nice. And uh, my starting pitcher ranks are updated on the Patreon. I'll be putting them on the website this week. And, uh, yeah, it should be, uh, should be a good stretch. But let's get into some news here. We've got a big debut coming up this week, and it could create another big flourish of, of bidding in the NFBC. Uh, Because he was not available beforehand, Edward Cabrera getting the call uh, on Wednesday to start for the Marlins. Big-time prospect for them. Came into the year as our 43rd best prospect in baseball. He's spent uh, the year across A-ball, double-A, and triple-A with 6, 26, and 29 innings respectively. 37% strikeout rate, 10% walk rate in those 61 innings with... um, 
the walk rate really spiking at AAA up to 15%. So, you know, when he reached his most difficult level, things took a little bit of a turn for Cabrera. So I, I, I don't know what we're going to get here. It's one of those where, you know, if you play in daily, daily moves leagues and you can speculate right away, I think, you, I think you want to because the upside is potentially rich with that with that swing and miss capability i mean he has a 20 percent swinging strike rate at triple a cabrera does but a one two homer nine and that walk rate tells me that it could also go the wrong way so there's a lot of volatility there but what is your uh, what are your initial thoughts on edward cabrera with him uh, getting a call um i'm i'm very very intrigued i want to see how much he uses the changeup. Because, I mean, he, he was originally kind of just like a fastball slider guy, and that's why he had been projected to end up in the bullpen. But uh, he's added this changeup that's supposed to be, you know, average to above average. Uh, and that has made things a lot better. Um, I will say, like, the 1.23 homer per nine, that's just in AAA. Mm-hmm. So, in, in uh, you know, over the course of the entire uh, season, uh, it's, you know, a one, I think a 1.03, uh, Homer per nine. So, I mean, not quite as bad. Yeah. Um, not as bad. Although anything trending over one can be scary with the walk rate for Cabrera because fair. that's how you give up yeah. two and three run homers. But yeah, not, I'm a little uh, surprised they're actually even bringing them up me too. considering me those too. concerns. Um, you know, I mean, uh, why not wait until September? Uh, you know, which is only a week away anyways. Uh, Maybe that's, uh, maybe that shows some confidence though. Yeah. They've also been an organization that just like, they're going to bring up guys when they think guys are ready. Exactly. So if they think, Hey, he can handle the majors right now. We we've got a fix in place for the walk rate. Cause he never really walked guys at that sort of clip before this 15% is out of character for Cabrera. Mm -hmm. So if they've got some ideas in place that they're like, Hey, we can get him back closer to these double a numbers. 34% 34% strikeout rate, 6% walk, 1.0 homer nine. If he's around there or, or even a little worse, that can be somebody who is an impact arm the rest of the way. So we'll see. The Marlins are really good at, at developing their pitchers, as you mentioned. And so that gives some automatic buy-in with Cabrera. Obviously, this start this week will determine where people are going to go with their bids uh, on the weekend if you play in a league similar to the NFBC where you have to wait uh, for him to debut. So hard to say what we would bid now. We can talk about that on the Friday episode after we get a little look at Cabrera. Yeah, uh, it, he'll be stick- interesting. I mean, his game logs, like if you go look at his game logs, really, really interesting. I mean, he only had one game where he had more than one walk before getting to AAA. Uh, and then so six starts at AAA, three walks, three walks, four walks, three walks, four walks, two walks. I'd love to know if there were... You know, if there's some more insight there, like if he was trying to use the changeup more and yeah. couldn't command it, or if, if, if the command of any single pitch kind of left him, like I wonder what it was with Cabrera that really fueled Did that. Did they use that the same ball in Triple A and Double A? I don't even know, to be honest. Um, I know that the minors can have different ball, but I don't know that uh, I don't know that each minor league does or not. So if anybody yeah. has any insight on that, go ahead and tweet us some info. But sticking with the Marlins, real quick. Uh, Pablo Lopez is on rehab already, and he had three no-hit innings uh, in a Triple A start. However, the outlook suggests that he's still going to need another two or three starts on rehab to, before getting called up. And if that is indeed the case, we're still looking at you know early September there, 
And I bring that up so that the folks that cut him don't completely lose their minds and beat themselves up over it. Because I, th I still think in a lot of situations it was the right move. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm justifying because I was somebody who <laughs> did that. But um, you seem to suggest the same thing before I even told you that I cut him so uh, offline when we were talking. So I, I think I think you saw that as at least reasonable to cut Pablo yeah. Lopez in certain situations. However, I'll ask the leagues where he has been cut. You're going to go right back out and get him right now and try to stash? I think so. I mean, he's been really, really good this season when he was healthy. So uh, I think there's every reason to go out and uh, pick him up and hope that, you know, Marlins have been an organization that when they let their guys go, they just let them go. Like they, mm -hmm. they, they don't baby their guys. Um, uh, so like, I don't think he'll be one of these guys where like he gets babied rest of the way. once he's back up, I think that's what they do in the minor leagues. That's what they do like on rehab. But when he's back in the majors, he's just going to be able to go six innings, uh, every time. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I like Pablo Lopez a lot. I held on to him in my, in, in the leagues that I had him, Mm -hmm. um, but those are luckily leagues where I had a, enough depth to kind of cover uh, until he got back, and I'm just glad that I did. It was basically a decision for me between uh, between Lopez and Urquidy. I was only going to keep one, and I had a little bit more concrete news on Urquidy when I made the cut. Speaking of, I can go ahead and throw him in here real quick. Uh, he's also on, on rehab, and uh, he's made two rehab starts now, so he's he's close to being back. Yeah. And... Um, if he's available, I think you're automatically picking him up right now. What do you expect out of Rikini the rest of the way? Uh, I kind of expect him just be the guy that he's been, which, um, you know, is when he's got good command, uh, he's a really good pitcher. Uh, and if he... And, that, if he, and that's often, by the way. Uh, like his command is usually quite good. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's there are times where he loses it and leads to a few home runs, but... Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's, I think he was really surprising uh, just how good. I know you were a big fan of his coming into the season. Yes. Um, you know, I'd love to see a few more strikeouts, but he, you know, he shows really good control, uh, you know, and, and, you know, so he's a guy with, you know, a decent whip or an, a, a, an elite whip uh, on top of having, uh, you know, a good, uh, uh, good ERA, enough strikeouts where if he can volume his way, my question is, will the Astros let him volume his way rest of the way? Uh, uh, I think so. I think they have some I, reason to do so. I think so too. I, you to, know. you know, manage, man, like getting him back, having Javier, as, as I've mentioned multiple times, and that there's still no word, you know, on Javier, maybe flipping in for Garcia, something I've been speculating for a while I, I still I, ju I just can't see how they let Garcia go the whole way as a starter. That'd be wild to me if unless they're saying that hey we don't we don't care about him for the for the playoffs or something because I don't even know if he would be getting innings in the playoffs if he goes the rest of, you know the final six weeks here as uh, Garcia we're talking about you know they got McCullers who's always had injury issues they've got Fromber who you I know mean, is going to be adding a lot of innings to his workload Odorizzi with his also, health so we also don't know like the kind of work that Luis Garcia was doing at the alt site last year. True. And so like, well, but still like even guys like, I mean, look at the Brewers guys that like, like what could he have been doing that would justify going the whole way this year? Cause nobody else is doing, I just don't know what sort of volume he, he's training Garcia could have. I mean, 
He's not. He's six one two forty. So he's he's fine. Listen, if he is, that'd be that'd be a boon for folks, at least for the rest of this year. I just keep seeing like it makes so much sense to flip Javier back into the rotation, Garcia into the bullpen to save some innings. But we'll see. Maybe I'm dead wrong on that. Maybe it's Arquiti who comes back and then Garcia goes and Javier stays in the bullpen as well. They're set up nicely, though. Um, mm-hmm. The the Astros are, that's for sure. But anyway, if Arquiti's available, yeah, I do I say, wonder if there's going to be like some sort of like rogue IL stint at some point. Uh, just, that's just that's, that's been my feeling for a while now, and I just really, really think so. So we'll see what happens. You gotta be careful, uh, though. The the A's are on their heels, man. True, but starting pitching would not be like they're going to replace him with Gar- Javier. Garcia would be good replaced pitches. with Javier. No, it's or not, they've got depth, so they're yeah, they're, they're, they're not going spot. bullpen game to get him an IL stint. They're bringing in a guy as good or better. And one last thing on Arcidi, I still think we haven't seen his peak for strikeouts. He has a twelve percent swinging strike rate. Um, there is more strikeout upside here, and I, I would equate it a little bit to somebody that we did finally see break out this year. Uh, there's a lot of similarities between him and, and Joe Musgrove, where we kind of kept seeing the swinging strike rate. It wasn't really pushing into the strikeouts. Last year we saw it in the two months, and then it held this year 28% strikeout rate for Musgrove. So I really think we could – and same thing too. He was always a good whip guy. I think we could really see something turn with Urquidy soon. And and I was hoping it would be this year. We'll see if maybe it's next year, but I'm going to stay bought in. Uh, Same with this next guy, Aaron Savale. He's also on rehab. Uh, He'll probably need a little bit longer – uh, I believe, although actually the new, the, the report I saw suggested maybe only one to two starts until he's back, but he was only, he was two innings in double a. So I figured it would be two to three more starts, uh, first of all, but maybe, maybe they're on a fast track with him and it's one at triple a or one at double a one at triple a, and then he's back. But, uh, obviously people were, were going back to the wire to pick him up this week in leagues where he was cut. He's been out for quite a while. Fantastic ERA and whip this year. Mediocre strikeout, you know, poor strikeout rate, really. If you 76 and 97 and two thirds, that's poor in the majors these days as a starter. Still had Savali as a great pitcher. What are your expectations for him the rest of the way once he's back? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested to see again. He's he's another one of these guys like your Kitty that I'm that I want to kind of see what their what their workload is going to be like for him because he needs those strikeouts, uh, or sorry, he needs those innings in order to kind of let those ratios really help you or, or kind of build up some of those strikeouts. Uh, I think I probably like him better for next year than I like him for rest of this way. Cleveland, not a very good team. So I don't know that he's going to add too many more wins on those 10 that he already got. Uh, he's not going to get got strikeouts. He got 10 with them not being very good. Yeah. The They're expect- 500 club. I mean, I like, Wins are always sketchy. I, I don't. Here's what I will say. First of all, I don't think they're going to manage his innings in any tangible way. I think if he's healthy and available, like he's going to be able to go six plus regularly. If he's doing that, then that that's interesting. I you know, and he becomes right back to where he was, which you know was like a top thirty, top thirty five pitcher. Yeah, he's a twenty six so. year old. Like I, I like unless there's lingering concern, but it was a finger. It's not even like an arm issue. So if yeah. the, the finger's healed, he's a go. Yeah, I should would, be. So, um, and I think they know. want to build him up as much as they can, so that way they can try to, you know, make him a horse next year. Yeah.
I don't think he's going to win two thirds of his starts the way he had ten in in fifteen outings. I think that's fair, but I'm not worried that he's going to be shortened and be going four or five innings to where four innings you can't even get a win, and then five innings you have to turn it over to the bullpen for all that time. So to that aspect is where I don't worry about Savali. And so again, where available, go out there and uh, go out there and, and add him back. He was like I said, a hot pickup in a lot of leagues this past weekend. Uh, Anthony Descofani is going to hit the IL again. Not the same issue, though. This is an ankle. He had a brief outing uh, or brief stint on the IL for what ended up just being shoulder fatigue, uh, which thankfully wasn't more. And I think some people are seeing the, the the double ILs here really quickly and and creating some panic there. I'm not saying you shouldn't be worried about the ankle, but it's not the same thing stacking up, you know. And I'm not super worried about it. I mean, the injury happened uh, when he was covering first base Mm -hmm. um, on play and just kind of landed awkwardly on the bag, got through another uh, batter or two, and then uh, then was pulled uh, just, you know, because of kind of general soreness. And and they waited, you know, like three days before putting him on the IL because they were hoping that he was going to be able to make his next start. So I I feel like if, if they're willing to do that and kind of wait, um, and there's no structural damage, which, as far as I've, I've seen, there's nothing been reported that there's any structural damage or anything, uh, that he should likely be back after a minimum stay. And this is backdated till I think, the 19th. So you're, uh, you're going to hold with him? With, I would. Uh, with Descofani? I would, too. I, I absolutely would, too. Uh, all right. And then changing a little bit uh, our, our rundown here, because something you'd already covered yesterday, we're going to fill in with something different, which I don't think you covered yesterday. Because uh, I don't know if it had it happened, happened yet. It, it, yeah. it happened like as we were recording, but we didn't, yeah. we didn't bring it up. But uh, Alec Bohm demoted. And that's surprising in only in the name value. Because performance-wise, it's probably overdue. He has been brutal this year. 644 OPS, se- seven homers and four steals. Uh, you know, I, I'm reluctant to even call it a sophomore slump because... Did he really even have a a rookie year? You know what? You mm-hmm. can almost say it's his rookie wall, so to speak, because when you really add it all up, it's a full season. Uh, 587 major league plate appearances for Bohm now, 273, 332, 384. The power outage is what has really hurt him this year. And, you know, 11 homers in, in, the, in those 155 games. With this demotion... Does this put him as like one of those guys that uh, you're going to be sticking with next year on the cheap because the fantasy community will probably discard him in a big way due to this? How, how do you feel about Bohm now that you see a a demotion in his second year? Yeah, I think he's going to be one of these guys that I kind of go back to the well on, um, especially if he works on kind of raising that launch angle a little bit. Uh, we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, a five degree launch angle. Uh, Can he uh, talk with Hoskins, who has like a ninety-four percent fly ball rate? Yeah, like they Maybe just they need to work together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here, you give me a little of that, I'll give you a little of this, right? <laughs> just trade. <laughs> like I'll give you a little height, you give me a little, a few pounds. You and I, like we, we're a perfect match in that in mm-hmm. that regard as well. So because I mean, he I, smokes the ball. He's got a fifty-two or fifty-point-two percent hard uh, hard hit percentage. On but it's Hosmer-esque, right? Yeah, but that's the problem. Yeah, it's, it's all on the ground because it was launch angle. So like. He needs to he needs to go figure out what Hoss or what Hosmer was doing last season when he raised his launch angle for a little bit and mm-hmm. put that into effect. Because until he does that, it's going to be really hard for him to uh, kind of tap into that power. Uh, and I mean, I think he's got a better hit tool than what he showed this year, and you know, not quite what he showed 
in 2020. That was just, you know, a hot streak for 180 Two month hotness, yeah. yeah. Um, 410 Babbitt. And, but and, and I think that. he's like a 270, 280 hitter with 25 home runs in that bat. Uh, and, you know, a handful of stolen bases, uh, which has value. Uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, he's only he's not going to retain first base eligibility next year. But, you know, I think he's going to be an underrated third base um, you know, it, base uh, target for me it, next year. It really is third base Hosmer, though, because we said mm-hmm. a lot of that same stuff about Hosmer, and then he finally tapped into the power. So we'll see. That said, Hosmer's always carried a name value that's kind of kept him drafted. Not too high, I don't, I don't think that, but kind of kept him at a value where you're still paying a pretty decent price for Hosmer. I think Bohm has a chance to bottom out a bit mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, barring an unforeseen situation where he – you know, comes back in September and just tears the cover off the ball. I think we could see Bohm go outside the top 200 pretty easily. Maybe oh yeah, in the top, yeah, for sure. Maybe top 250. Yeah, yeah top, top 200's easy, but I think two, top 250 yep. could be uh, where Bohm is outside of it. And I think both you and I would be interested in in diving back in. Absolutely. Okay, that's Eric. That's Alec Bohm. Uh, T.J. Antone is going to be returning. Looks like on Tuesday for the Cincinnati Reds after a solid rehab for him. They're back in the wild card big time. In fact, they hold the second wild card right now over San Diego. We're going to talk about them here in a moment with a big personnel move that they made. Um, and the big the big issue that they had to fix, they fixed. It was their bullpen. Uh, it's not completely fixed, but they have helped it severely. The, the beauty when you're that bottomed out is just having a guy who doesn't just literally give up nine runs the millisecond he comes into the game is an improvement. That's all they really <laughs> need to do is to get guys who just did not instantly make the game worse and they they went the volume route they got multiple guys and then they got lorenzen back michael lorenzen off the il uh but michael gibbons luis sessa justin wilson all three of whom are pitching remarkably well for them get lorenzen now antone's back and all of a sudden their bullpen could be a bit of a strength for them question is for fantasy purposes who closes there were three saves over the weekend uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and it went Gibbons, Lorenzen, Lorenzen. Antone himself had, I believe, four sa- three saves before he went on the IL. So who's closing there in Cincinnati right now? Who, who's who's your odds-on favorite? I think it's a split between Gibbons and Lorenzen. Um, oh, Antone to the uh, to the sideline there as a fireman. I mean, sideline. I mean for saves. Yeah, I th- I don't know that he's. I think they bring him in kind of in the most difficult spot, which will sometimes be in the sixth, sometimes it'll be in the seventh, sometimes it'll be in the ninth. Um, sure. And sometimes it'll be in the eighth, and he'll carry it through to the ninth. Uh, yeah, yeah, he has, uh, let me see here, he has 13 of his 22 outings so far this year for mm-hmm. Antone were over an inning, including two that went over three in, or three plus innings, I should yeah. say. So I, I think, I mean, so... Everybody will get saves. Rest of the way. <laughs> like I hate, I, I hate that. I, I hate that. It's for us. you know unfortunate that's the case. Um, but I think you're going to see a lot of these situations. Like someone, the, someone yesterday asked me like um, of Michael Lorenzen, uh, David Bednar, and Paul Seawald. Like who do you think gets the most saves? Oh God, that's an impossible question to and answer. I said Lorenzen because I do think he'll get like half of the saves. 
in Cincinnati, which I think will be more saves than Pittsburgh's whole team gets rest of the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and with Castillo coming back shortly, I don't think Seawald will get enough in the meantime. Well, and Steck is there, and yes. they treat Seawald a little bit how you're saying Anton gets treated, mm-hmm. which as a, a fireman, which is a great role, it's just not fantasy relevant. But yeah, I, I just, this is going to be, I mean, we thought the Reds' bullpen was a nightmare all season. It will continue to be a nightmare. It'll be a better-looking nightmare. a different nightmare, It's though. a prettier like it, nightmare. Yeah. Well, because they're, they're useful. They're good. Yeah. They're not blowing all your Luis Castillo, uh, Sonny Gray, Wade Miley, Vladimir Or, or giving you a 5 ERA from your yeah. closer, Keith Hembry. Yeah. Or allowing all those inherited runners to score if they if they leave in a jam. So that that's a good part. But they'll be the nightmare in terms of the saves splitting will just be all over the map. I think you're probably right, man. I would love to see somebody get anointed, but I just don't think it's going to be there. And uh, as much as I like Antone, um, in fact, the fact that I like him so much means it makes a lot of sense that they would just put him in the fireman's role. Because, again, that's a very, very important role. It just doesn't have major fantasy relevance unless you are in a league where relief innings with good ratios and strikeouts matter is with like an occasional save. So I don't know if we've talked about this on on the air before, but like if you go over to roster resource and you look at someone's uh, team's bullpen, we can see like the last six days of like yes. who's gotten so saves great. and holds and stuff like that um, and wins. Uh, thank you, Jason Martinez, for just crushing it, uh, and, and all the other guys who work on on the uh, roster research pages. Him, him and him and John, John Becker, Becker together. Yeah. If I could, add, I'll ask them in the off season. I think if they could add one more thing, it would be, it would go from perfect to super perfect. Put you see how it says eighteen parentheses save for Michael mm-hmm. Gibbons on Friday. Now with the save, obviously you know it's the ninth, but comma the inning that they came in in. For the, all the guys who are not getting, like, obviously, again, with the save, you know that it was the ninth or whatever the last inning of the game was. But it'd be cool if you could see, okay, four of his last outings, Lucas Sims came in in the eighth. Now, this is not true. I'm, I'm, hypoth- I'm making a hypothetical. But then you would know that he's kind of the next guy in line type of deal. So I wonder if they could add inning as well or some, or maybe even if, like, you moused over it and then a little pop-up came with the inning of uh, of that outing or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to I don't know if that's that, in the budget, but I like hey, the idea. Hey, hey, do not discount what Sean Dolaner can do as that's, an engineer. He's, yeah, he's, he's awesome. Brilliant. Yeah. He's brilliant. But anyway, that's the Cincinnati Reds situation. I think you could roster all three of them in 15-teamers right now, though, if you need saves. I, I really do. And even maybe 12s. Like, I, I think saves are that, that frayed where you can take a partial save. Now, if it does become Lorenzen and Givens, like you said, Antone does kind of go by the wayside in 12-teamers. But I think in 15-teamers, all three should at least be rostered right now. Uh, Larry Rothschild is out as the pitching coach in San Diego. And this this is this is probably, you know, th- there's a fall guy for sure. But the pitching has really hurt them. And it's not just the injuries that they're dealing with. That is a big part of it. But... They also just haven't been that good either. They're 17th in starter ERA, 13th in starter whip, 18th in starter walks per nine. Uh, The bullpen's a bit better in all of those, but they're just not performing the way they need to be. Um, They're going to get their ace back, Hugh Darvish, but he hasn't been good since the crackdown. You know, I I talked about Musgrove earlier. He is having a great season. He's like the only one. Snell has turned a bit of a corner, but... It's been a nightmare, and 
it wasn't that long ago at all that we were talking about how they have so much pitching and they're so geared up. And it's why the cliche, you can never have too much pitching, is so prevalent. So how much stock do you put into a personnel move like this of like maybe shaking things up? Is there anything to be gleaned from Larry Rothschild's uh, departure in San Diego? I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, maybe for next year when they we figure out who they're going to bring in. Uh, maybe yeah, because they're going with the bullpen coach. Yeah, but ele- like, elevating right now. I mean, I, I never really understand a lot of this stuff. Like, uh, you know, I mean, you, you're not you're not bringing a new guy to bring in a new some sort of new way of doing things necessarily. Um, you know, it's all, you know, and people are like, well, you know, the players play harder. Like these are professional athletes. They're playing hard all the time. Yeah, like, if, if only for themselves, even, yeah, which I'm not saying paid. everyone's like selfish, but they want to do well. They want to succeed. They want to get paid like all, all, all of it. I don't know. The only thing like, and I don't know, and I, maybe we'll see an article that covers this or, or what. So it's a speculation, but like, was there a certain technique or strategy or something that he was employing that the guys just weren't clicking with? And now with the new guy coming in, maybe he says, okay, you guys can kind of tailor your things back to what you want to do. And maybe we see some success there. You know, I don't know. Um, it, it's impossible to say without researching it. And I did not have enough time to research. I don't even know exactly how to research that without knowing what Larry Rothschild's like MO is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a shakeup. They're in trouble. This is not fantasy related, but I'll just ask you. Padres or Reds, who's going to have that second wild card? Or or third random team, if you want to say that. If you want to say, like, uh, the Braves, who are hard charging right now. Well, they're, they're leading the no, division. They're, right they're running away with it. Never mind. Yeah, it'd be the, it'd be the Phillies uh, charging or the Mets trying to get into the mix. But, yeah, who do you got for the second wild card right now? Uh, I'm going to go with the Reds. Me too. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I mean I'm, a, I'm a Reds homer sort of, so so to speak I, I had I been rooting for the lot. Padres just because they're such a fun team to watch with Tatis and uh you know that rotation that they built but it, mm-hmm. I, I mean I don't know I, I the Reds were a team I thought were going to win the division in the central to begin the season so Same. uh you know the pot or the Brewers have been really really uh good this year um and I think they're a dangerous team in when the playoffs comes around uh, but the Reds, I think they they underperformed at the beginning of the year. They're getting guys healthy back now and starting to kind of uh, perform in, in the way that we expected them to, uh, minus uh, Eugenio Suarez, who's just continued to just stink it up on all my teams. He's just got nothing, um, man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think the Reds are the team that, that runs away with this at the end. So Yeah, I, I, I think so, too. Like I said, I love what they did with their bullpen. They're getting Antone back to go with it. It's 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 a good situation for them. I don't really believe the uh, NL East teams all that much. Um, Walk-off Grand Slam for Boston. Oh, oh, good. I can watch it. <laughs> no, I, I don't know when it, like, I... I I don't have it on. I just uh, I, I I've got it on right now, but it's oh I'm, okay. It's so I'm watching it right now. I mean, well, it's all done on uh, MLB at bat, so I figured that uh, yeah, as yeah. far as like the box score goes, so I figured you would have already no, known. No, I'm sorry, not that I spoiled. It's, it's okay. It's all right. It's it's a full count right now. With uh, oh man, that's bananas. Travis Shaw is he is Travis Shaw batting? Uh yeah, I believe that is Shaw, left hander against Dennis Santana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Santana's on the mound. Full count. He's, Eleven. He's, uh, this is he's in trouble. Bottom eleven. He's not, it's not going to go well for him. I'll tell you that. 
I'm, I'm kind of waiting for the pitch yeah, to hear if I'm, it goes. I'm excited as well. So. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to in focus while you wait for that uh, that grand slam to come through. Um, and talk about Nikki Lopez. Oh, he just left that right there at the. <laughs> Was it just fat as can be? Yeah, that's just yeah, just a bad pitch. Like he, he like that is like right on the like middle middle. Like just yeah, that was walk off grand slam is pretty bananas. That's that's yeah, that's... that's wild. <laughs> All right, well, let's get back that. to Nikki Lopez here. Uh, congrats to Travis Shaw and the Red Sox. Nice little day game there. That was fun. Uh, eight stolen bases last week with a 440 average and a homer in 31 plate appearances. So he was definitely somebody that people were going after on the wire. But he had 10 stolen bases and a 681 OPS in 359 plate appearances prior to that. He had three multi-stolen base games last week, including games of three and two against Houston. Are people like picking up somebody that already did his best work then? So it's like, it, you know what this reminds me of? It, and it shouldn't, you don't have to jog your memory that far because it's literally last week. The Tyler Wade thing. When we went after Tyler Wade after five stolen bases in a week, and I like I picked him up for $2 in one league. So, you know, uh, Wade, I'm talking about. So it's like, okay, yeah, I mean, if it doesn't play that much, fine, I'll just cut him. Um, but with Nicky Lopez here, I mean, he has 18 stolen bases, but he almost got half of them in one week. I, I still think it's empty steals in in that that's all you're getting. Like, I, I don't think he hits better than, I think, max 270 the rest of the way and no power to speak of. That was his first homer of the year that he hit this week. Uh, 32 ribbies, only 51 runs. So it's literally empty speed, but... Some people need that, and a lot of people have a roster structure that they can afford that. They're so desperate for steals. Were you after Nicky Lopez at all on the wire this week? I was not. Um, for, the, for the same reason that we're talking about, about how it's, it's already been the goodness, or you just didn't? Yeah, he's, just not, he's not a good baseball player, and Mondesi's working his way back. He's going to lose his job. You don't think they'll find a way to keep playing him? I mean, they will, but it won't be full-time. You don't think they'll send Edward Olivares out, even though he's not on the team? Like, they'll find a way <laughs> They're to... They're going to bring him up just to send him down. Yeah, just to take Mondesi's spot somehow. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be so fucking Royals. <laughs> I, I have someone who has commented on every single one of my articles uh, on Van Graaf's for, like, the last three weeks. Fire Dayton Moore. Oh, I'm getting that, too. Okay, they, so it's, they, they, he's not just my articles. They've then. infiltrated... Yeah, it's new for me, though. They, they just came over. Welcome. Oh, well, yeah, no, he's been doing it for, like, two or three straight weeks. Ever since I know, wrote about Edward Alvarez getting sent down for, like, the and, third and th- time. That alone, that alone gets me on his side because yeah. I, I'm really I'm not complaining. Turn, I'm, I'm, I I like it every time. I turned a bit on Dayton Moore for a positive. You know, he was he was a laughing stock for a while. And then the success that they had, I mean, you, you, you could really only say so much. They did a great job with the bullpen building. Uh, the small ball team that they they had kind of worked uh, for, for the new era was was pretty good. Um, you know, I still disagreed with some of the things they did, like that stupid thing about leading off LCD's Escobar, and we win games when he does. Well, not because of him, like in his freaking <laughs> two seventy OBP, like get out of here. Uh, but I've come back around to the negative because of because of moves like the Edward Oliveras thing and how silly it is to still be wasting time on on Michael A. Taylor or or you know even somebody I have liked in the past like Hunter Dozier. Like, like, what are we doing there? Is he not clearly, at this point, a 2019 fluke? 
like a, a rabbit ball. Yeah, but I mean, they signed him to a long-term deal, didn't they? So, like, I don't think they can just then play him at third. Who's Emmanuel Rivera? I have no. Why idea. is Edward Oliveras not up? And then yeah, that that's the question. That, even beyond the the Dozier thing, there were times that Gerard Dyson was playing pretty regularly. That Edward Oliveras mm-hmm. uh, Edward Oliveras could have come. I said Oliveira. Ed Oliveras yeah, could have come up. Dozier should be playing third, and Oliveras should plan right. I mean, it's. Like what? What does Oliveras has to prove in minor leagues at this point? And, uh, I, I I don't know. I don't, I don't mean to bog down on that. We're talking about Nicky Lopez, but yeah, I'm with you about not going hard. I put in token single digit bids um, in in two leagues where I'm like, if I get them, cool. I won't because people will go crazy. They can bid their their high double digits that that people were bidding. I wish you the best, folks. Unless uh, you're in my league, I just gotta say though, I, I in my main in one of my main event leagues. It is one of the most competitive leagues I've ever been a part of. Um, and I say that because uh, I got shut out on three of my bid claims in like the last really? week of August. Hey, that, yeah, that, I mean, that does speak like it, it's I, one I of those things where you're like, I put in four different bid claims it, this week and I was all it. like, and I looked at my team, I'm like, hey, how's Choi still on my team? <laughs> you're like, I thought I cut this idiot. I was like, I'm pretty sure I cut him. And I went and looked, I was like, Oh my god! I had I had eight backup bids. What? Per I was gonna ask. Claim. How many had? That's that's and wild, got shut man. out on three claims. That's wild. I mean, in like it's it is a league with a bunch of really really good players. Phil Dessau, mm-hmm. um, uh Rob Silver, uh, you know. But like everybody is still working right now. Like every wow. nobody has given up in this league except for like the guy in last place. Wow, wow, wow! Like, yeah. it's, I mean, people have just been working hard to try to try to get back into the money, um, which I like. I appreciate and I love. Yeah, but at the same it, but... time, like, hey guys, I needed someone too this week. <laughs> and you and you wanted to take advantage of you know what can usually be a a peak buying time because people start right yeah I thought I put in a, yeah yeah a bunch of three dollar bids everywhere um and this did league not, said up your game dog yeah, yeah my own the only thing I got was an eleven dollar uh, uh Rowan Wick dang man they they did you dirty there yeah I got I got a pretty tough league myself I have uh, we have five teams in the top ninety. Um, yeah, which is which is you know really 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 tight, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild race down to the finish there, and uh, you know I'm not as aggressive as yours in terms of everyone bidding, but a big chunk of the league is still bidding regularly, putting out big bids, and and really really chasing folks. So uh, we'll see. You know, T.J. Anton went for forty one dollars. Um, I got Lorenzen for thirty two, which was way too high. It was five was the backup, but I thought. I thought with two saves, including one on Sunday, that he might go crazy. And I had Diego Castillo, who, by the way, only has one save since joining Seattle, one of the five saves that they have. So that's why I felt comfortable cutting him, even though I really liked what Castillo did for me this year with uh, Tampa Bay and everything. I just figure I might as well get somebody who can get me a couple saves, um, especially because Bednar's one of my other ones. Presley's my main guy. But yeah, anyway, don't mean to bog down talking about my team. Let's keep keep people in focus talk about tyler naquin this guy's having a banana season but the only thing is i think the only people that are benefiting from it are nl only because the volatility of this season means i think he keeps getting cut in mixed leagues six homers in april probably missed some of those before people even started to pick him up 
Seven homers in May through July. Not each month, obviously, because that would be 21 more homers, and he's obviously not uh, a league leader in homers. Seven total in those three months, Justin, and then five here in August, all of which have come in the last 12 games where he has a 1435 OPS. He had a 746 OPS in his first six games of the month. He gets four righties in a six-game week this week, but it's Burns, Woodruff, Sandy Alcantara, and Zach Thompson. Is the hot streak from Naquin doing anything for you, or is this another case of you already missed the goodness, you might as well just let it go? Um, I ride I, I ride the hot streak with him. I mean, he has. I, I think I, I wrote this up last night for the Rotor write up. I think he's got hits in twelve straight games, and you know, and all those home runs, <laughs> five home runs in those twelve games. Uh, yeah, he's he's just on fire right now, seeing the ball really well. And I mean, with four righties coming up, he's going to play. I, I know they're really good pitchers and stuff like that, but um, when he's locked in, he's just locked in. And it's just been a season of him either being locked in or just flailing at the at, at the pitch as it goes by. So, um, yeah, I, I, I said ride the hot streak for at least, you know, through through the end of this week and then kind of readjust after that. He had a hell of a weekend uh, on Saturday. Threes were wild. He went three for three with three doubles, scoring three runs. And then yesterday, two for four with two homers, two ribbies. Two walks, two so, runs. Someone so. threw him in his their DFS lineup yesterday just because, like, oh, hey, look, he's leading off. And then, you know. Oh, my gosh. that's If they did anything else well in that lineup, then they at least cashed, I would think. So, um, and by the way, one of the home runs was af- off Alcantara, who he faces later in the week. And to your point, you know, yeah, and I bring up that they're difficult righties, righties just to highlight it, not to say you can't start him. Um but he's obviously been doing stuff against good righties throughout the year, right? And I would imagine, in fact, I can take a look. I'm not going to go game by game, but just kind of eyeballing some of his work against Milwaukee. It's not like he hasn't faced them at all this year. And all three of their studs are righties. I don't see any homers, but I see some hits there. So I, I can get it. I, I can understand just wanting to ride the hot streak with Naquin. Um, as long as he's facing righties, he's going to be in the lineup. And... Uh, it's just been impressive, you know, a few more homers within the next uh, six weeks here, a couple of steals tacked on. He's going to have like a 25, well, maybe not. Uh, how many homers do you think he hits the rest of the way? Five. Rest of the way? Yeah. So five that'd be 23. Five or six. Yeah. T- 23, 24 homers with, uh, he has five steals now. We'll say two to four more steals. We'll give him, we'll give him four on the high end. We'll say like 23 and nine with a 268 average if he kind of keeps that. That's a nice little season, man. And I don't know. I like outfield was not somewhere where you thought that they were going to have openings, but Senzel not not really being available to them has kind of opened up center and he's not a great fielder out there, but he's doing his thing, man. And like this is a career year for him and he had that good rookie breakout all the way back in 2016 for Naquin, but this is actually his best year. I wonder if uh, he'll generate any interest next year because he'll still be arm eligible and i don't think he'll get he'll get a big raise this year but i don't think it'll be something where the reds non-tender him necessarily yeah no i I think he'll i think he'll get uh get some run next year i'd be yeah i'd be interested at the very least you love him against righties in your dfs lineup uh let's talk about tristan mckenzie he was unusably bad through july 611 era 144 whip 
up and down from the minors. You could never really get a read on anything. He had a good 29% strikeout rate, which kind of kept people talking about him and the occasional good start would drum up some more interest. And then he'd smack you right back down uh, because he had a 16% walk rate in that time. The corner has been turned in August, 193 ERA with a 0.50 whip because he has a 2% walk rate in that time. He has completely changed what he's doing uh, has Tristan McKenzie and become an absolute stud. Is he the next big Cleveland starter? Hmm. Because he's the biggest prospect of, of this group that they currently have. He has the most prospect run. Yeah, None of absolutely. these other guys had like major prospect run. He's mm-hmm. supposed to be the guy. So the fact that he wasn't there for a while was like, oh, dang, this kind of state. Not that he's had, he doesn't have that much major league experience, but it was kind of a bummer of like, man, this guy, you know, has no command. He walked everybody in the minors as well this year, 2.1 homer nine. Despite a 5.1 walk rate and 2.1 homer rate, he still had a 295 in the minors. How fortunate do you have to be for that, for that to happen in his five starts down there? But yeah, I mean, he's a firm top 100 prospect for like four or five years running. In fact, top, top 50 often. Can he be a, a, a stud? Are you buying into this April that it could be the uh, launching pad for McKenzie to be a stud? I absolutely believe he can be a stud. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that he has the talent to be a stud. Um, and... I think that if his body holds up, he will be. I do question if his body can hold up. Um, I, I, see, I see nothing wrong with his body. Don't know what yeah, you're talking about. Um, that's because you're built like a stop sign as well. Correct. So, um, uh, I, I, uh, but I, I want to bet on the talent. I do. Like, uh, and uh, like, I, if if I had the opportunity, I would have bought low in dynasty leagues. I think McKenzie is a super talented arm. Um, I love the way he pitches. I think he's got really good mechanics, which uh, may help him stay healthy in spite of being um, Chris Sale, Taylor Swift, Paul Spoiler-esque. <laughs> um, uh, so, I mean, Sale did it, right? I mean, you know, obviously not taking the L on Sale staying healthy uh, or getting hurt, you know, this last year. Uh, yeah, you know, because you know he got to pitch for a decade before it happened. <laughs> ten so years into his if, if we get ten years of Tristan McKenzie being elite, uh, then I'll be fine with it. So I think you bet on the talent, um, and I think McKenzie is a guy that uh, I will be targeting quite a bit in drafts next season. Yeah, I'm gonna. I can't wait to see how he finishes the year. I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna I think. I'm gonna try to do a deep dive article later this week on exactly what's changed there. I didn't really get time today because I was working on my. I don't Tuesday see article. much in terms of the pitch mix. Okay, um, then I wonder if it's just the approach or if there was a mechanical change. Because I mean, going from a 15% walk rate to a 2% is it, it, that's amazing. Like, I mean, obviously something had to. I don't. I don't think it was just like. He's been throwing the curve a little bit more. Okay. Um, but like I don't see much uh you know, there was like a, a weird velocity dip early in the season that seems to have right itself because now he's throwing ninety three. So that maybe okay. just added velocity as well. And then a little bit more reliance on the curveball. But Hmm. Okay. That's well, that's I wonder what I'm I wonder seeing. I wonder if there's a little uh, 
like I said, a little mechanical change that's helped him command things better. Because obviously, this this jump in walk rate for McKenzie is he this improvement in walk rate, I should say, uh, is huge and really driving this success for him. And he's just been he's been a monster. And if he keeps it up at at not exactly this clip because the sub one ERA and a half a run a batter whip. Uh, or half one runner per inning whip is not uh, not going to sustain the rest of the way. But if he's like a a low threes with a with a one one point one something whip the rest of the way with big strikeouts, he's going to win some leagues. McKenzie is mm-hmm. uh, with, with that kind of performance. Uh, let's talk about Sean and I. Put him in focus to finish up here. Three hundred one ERA and one fourteen whip through July. Twenty seven percent strikeout rate, six percent walk. Looking great. He's gone the opposite way of McKenzie. He has fallen apart in August. 977 ERA, 197 whip, 18% strikeout. That's a nine-point dip. And a 9% walk, that's a three-point jump. And it's been a mediocre schedule. San Diego, at Cleveland, at Texas, San Francisco. San Francisco's scary, but that's been his best game of the bunch. He stepped up against the, the best team he's faced. He's got the Yankees and and the Tigers coming up. Tigers actually quite good. I, I believe they're top ten in Woba, or at least they have been a lot of the year against lefties. Are you still riding with Manaya based on his full season, or do you have some concerns about this recent uh, this recent performance so far this month? I definitely have some concerns because I think these this feels workload related. You know, we're, and he's had a lot of injury issues. Yeah, in his we're, career. we're talking about a guy who. In 2019 through 29 two thirds, in 2020 through 54, and he's already at 138 and a third. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's just tired. Like I feel like there should be an IL stint um, here coming. They, they don't call him the dog days for nothing, man. Yeah, like this I, is where I, you really hit. We're seeing Logan Gilbert kind of hit a rookie wall type, mm-hmm. deal, you know, and it's obviously Manai is not a rookie, but he's had so many health issues. You mentioning that the 19 season was so light in workload. I actually kind of forgot that. Yeah. Um, I forgot, you know, I, I, for some reason, I kind of thought that the 18 season was his 19 when he threw 161 innings. But yeah, so we're a long way removed from a big workload for Manaya. He's had a huge jump. I mean, we're we're talking about like in a week or so he's going to be a hundred innings over where he was last year on a guy who's never been able to stay healthy. Um, I yeah I I'm super concerned. Um, I, I don't Do you know start him this week against uh, the Yankees. He's coming up against the Yankees. I don't know that on, I would on Friday. Yeah, and it's going to be at home. It's at home. Mm-hmm. That's tough. I think it's a coin flip. I think like, what what are I mean? What are you looking for right now? If you're trying to protect your ratios, and I don't think you can start them there. I would say that as well. And you know, if you've fallen into some recent finds like a McKenzie mm-hmm. and maybe another like a Logan Webb, so you've got some extra guys in addition to the rest of your rotation, you can afford to bench somebody like Manaya, who's been a key piece for folks this year. I think it's okay to bench him. Obviously, I would not cut him in any format right now. It's, it, it, that's that'd be too much of an overreaction, in my opinion. But I think sitting him is okay for Manaya. You know, uh, I think I'm sitting him, no matter what my team needs. I mean, over his last three starts, he has a total of ten strikeouts. It, it's been bad, dude. Like, like I you're said, not even getting strikeouts from him right now. Twenty-seven percent down to eighteen percent. Like, yeah. and look what he just did last month. Six and five innings, six mm-hmm. and six and two thirds, seven, 13, nine. The K's were badass last month. Everything was cooking. He's and now he tired. couldn't strike you out. Yeah. I, that, that, that breeds the fatigue. That, that's exactly I mean, what it's I hard to, to strike me out. I've got a really good eye at the plate. 
nah, dude, he'll strike you out so bad. I I've led my you, you slow softball team in leagues and walks pitches, for you, years. You, you flailed, dude. yeah, but you're you're a true slugger. You're out there. Uh, you're, you're actually, I know. Aren't you kind of like a doubles and singles hitter? I'm 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 like the Adam Dunn of. Oh, you're, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Then you're a true slugger, so you, yeah, yeah. you do you do whiff. He, he and so he still can't whiff you right now, though. And I couldn't even <laughs> whiff you right now, which uh, you know no, normally is a pretty easy thing to do. But yeah, I think a couple things that 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 got me was the major strikeout dip, and the fact that the schedule couldn't even be blamed. You know, if this was like Houston twice, um, the White Sox, you know, and um, the Rays or the Red Sox or something, then I'd be like, okay. He just got bit by the schedule. Or, or even if that giant start had been one of the bad ones. It's so funny that that's the best of the bunch. Uh, but it seems like they kind of got him out before trouble really brewed because he he was, still wasn't that good. When I say best, I only mean by an earned run standpoint because he gave up two and four and two-thirds against the Giants. Manaya did. But he still put on seven runners and only struck out three on 96 pitches. So it's bad right now. I think I'm with you. Go ahead and sit pretty much regardless. Okay. Uh, well, that's going to do it, Justin. We're going to wrap up there. Um, home stretch. How are your leagues doing? Uh, my teams are doing well enough. I'm, I'm definitely going to win a few leagues, uh, which that's is great. Al- always nice. Um, yeah. I really need, I've got about, I've got about eight or nine leagues where I'm between like third and seventh place where like, they they all have chances to cash. So I was like say, so you want to hold those money spots. Yeah. So like I really need some of those leagues to kind of like get going. Um so that way I can make sure I'm I'm making a profit this year because my my few wins probably won't cover my events. <laughs> but <laughs> well, yeah, if my I mean, main you... event team goes on a hot streak here, you know, Papa Lopez coming back. Um that could be a place where I could at least sneak into third and get my money back from one of those is that, mains. Is that the one where you picked up Kershaw? I heard uh, Jeff Erickson name checked you as picking up Kershaw in a main event. Oh no, that's TGFBI. Oh yeah, okay, okay. I thought you said main. Pardon me, pardon me. It was it was Yoger. Um, and which is I have no chance TGFBI. of winning TG my TGFBI league. Um, I just but you're still playing hard though. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I mean, this was a team where like I you know. Crushed with injuries, had have had Springer, Rendon, were oh, you know, two of my man. first three picks in that league, um, and uh, and so like I, I've been just you know and and then I lost all my closers. This was a team where I drafted like oh, four right. closers and lost all of them. Um, Rosenthal was probably your main one. Yeah, Rosenthal, Archie Bradley, uh, Jonathan Hernandez. Uh, Nick you should have gotten now. He wouldn't be doing as well right now, but you should have gotten Craig Kimbrell, dude. Hmm. You know what? I was I almost pulled the trigger on him, but then I was like, you know what? This really smart guy <laughs> talked me out of it. Don't um, listen to that ass. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so I picked up uh, I picked up Kershaw uh, there just on hey, you know, hail mary. Uh, I've worked my way from uh, being like twelfth in that league all the way up to sixth. That's probably so you- where I'm going to cap out at. Okay, okay, um, that's the max of it. Yeah, because you get to a certain point where you can you can't even really be optimistic because you see like you're 14 homers away from your next point. It's like that's so many. I'm so far homers. behind in the standings. Like this this league is so top heavy. There are five teams with a hundred points. Oh wow! 
And so, like, I'm in sixth place with 86 points. So, like, maybe I can work my way up and try to, like, bring one of them down to me. But, like, I'm not jumping up into that that grouping. One of them can come down to me. And it's to, a tough to league. You Ariel push, Cohen, yeah. Jeff Erickson, Corbin Young, Ian Kahn, our good buddy, um, Joe Lowry. Oh um, like it's, Why'd it's, you do that to yourself? I do it to myself every year. I want to play against I the best. I thought you did. Yeah, like, I, yeah. Thought, I thought you make it so that you're in a tough one. Well, you know what happened? Uh, to you know, and uh, maybe I'm outing Ian a little bit, but uh, like I was like Ian and I have talked about. We've never played against each other in a redraft league. Um, we've only we don't played against each other in dynasty league. So I was like, I'm putting you in my league this year. He goes, Well, I, yeah. I, I really want to play against Ariel and Jeff. I was like, well, I'll put them all in my things. Well, yeah, I mean, he's also not afraid to face yeah. anybody either. Yeah, so, he wants. No, that's great, man. So yeah, so so it's it's been a it's been a tough league. Corbin's been crushing it. Um, I got Corbin four top eighties in mine. Um, oh wow! I, I'm sitting in second, but I'm seven points back. It's going to be tough to close that gap. I'm fifty mm-hmm. third overall in my yogurt league. <laughs> which which is the nickname yeah, that yeah, Scott Jensen and uh, Jeff Erickson call for those who don't get it TCBY TGFBI mm-hmm. I, I, when when they said it on the pod I, I immediately it, yeah quit. it made a lot of sense I was like and yep, then that. when it hit me I just started cackling I mm-hmm. was laughing so and I love it and so I say yogurt now too it's uh it's very funny but yeah I'm I, I could make a rally but it's gonna be tough seven points this late uh especially the way the standings are kind of stratified and what that's what I was saying too because you, you said you're tapped out like you can look and say well I'm 14 homers back that doesn't mean you need 14 homers though you have to be 14 better yeah than the next person that is difficult like when you start to see some of these gaps and that I you're mean, like I just can't cover it I've moved a little bit away from uh caring about my league as much as just beating my wife in, in the overall <laughs> That's true because you got a lot riding on. That. Yeah, so good it's, thing you put in the overall on on the end of that because that could be clipped out of context and you don't want that. Yes, this is true. So someone's going to take that audio. No, Please don't no, do that. Don't, don't do um, that. We do not. Advocate. Everybody knows she beats me. I mean, let's. I was going to say honest, yeah. we know who. Yeah, but no, that's Obviously. not making any jokes. Uh, but yeah, no, it's for me. Like, because like right now, like if I was trying to just like push my way up the standings in the league, I wouldn't be starting like four relief pitchers. Oh, but you're specific. Okay, I see. Because there, where, I can't where, really gain any oh, spots. I'll, I'll... I can't really gain any spots in saves in my league anymore. Uh, but I can definitely gain them in the overall. And Sadly. so um, I I have targeted, you know, I'm trying to gain spots in ERA, whip, and, uh, and saves by just loading up on relief pitchers that can get some saves for me the rest of the way. Um you got order. a pretty good lead here. You're, yeah. you're I got a hundred. I got a hundred spots. Yeah, it's um, I'm I'm doing all right. So like I, you know, like I said, I, I didn't think she was going to be able to beat me, um, but I definitely uh I definitely made it closer than I should have. Now nah, you 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 got lucky. Mm-hmm. You got lucky. She uh she she became disenchanted with with some of the aspects of the fantasy community. Yeah. And, if that hadn't happened, you're smoked. She she made some great some great picks and some great pickups. I'm looking yeah. at her team right now. Like there's some really good stuff on the squad, but uh, I think I think you're gonna hold on. You're gonna hold on, barring just I some should, epic yeah. collapse. But um, all right, well we'll get going. You and I will talk later this week. Uh, have a good one, man. Take it easy.